hey, welcome to Transform Pain to Power, the podcast about what it really takes to resolve pain and the simple, unconventional yet proven techniques to get you there most quickly. Listen in for high-level creative conversation to inspire you to engage with the life that you want in a body that you love. Hello, and welcome to episode 22. I'm Molly Jager, your host of the Transform Pain to Power podcast, and I'm so glad you're here with me today. We've got a great conversation ahead of us. This is a good one, and I'm really excited to share it with you. As always, if you like this podcast and you enjoy this episode, please take a moment to leave a review on whatever platform you are listening on, and that helps other people to get access, and it helps me because I'm like, hey, this is so awesome. Hello, it's your part of the conversation, and if you have a chance to do that, please Look around, fish around for that. Most platforms make it pretty easy to find. Um, That would be lovely. So let's jump into today's topic, shall we? Today I want to talk about feeling feelings. Now, hold on, wait a minute, stick with me. Because if you've been listening to my podcast, you know that I've talked about this before. And I I want you to know that I'm not going to address this in the same way. I'm going to come at it from a completely new perspective and vantage point that I imagine you probably have not quite heard yet. This has come about for me in my own experience and I've been doing a little bit of research about it and I'm really excited to share this information with you because it is so essential when you're wanting to evolve and move yourself forward. It's like that one of the invisible pieces that we are just so accustomed to that we don't even recognize how it plays into our current status quo. Is that like a double entendre current status quo, something like this? I don't even know exactly what a double entendre is. (laughs) But I think it's when you say two words that mean the same thing right after the other. Oh my goodness. So here is what I'm going to talk about today specifically. I'm going to talk about how it is that you suppress your emotions or at least one way of one action, kind of action that you take that results in suppressing your emotions and then how to change that and why exactly you may want to feel your emotions and how feeling your emotions, not just because it's good for you, but because of the immediate results. And I'm going to talk a little bit about that and that will help you to identify whether or not there's movement or whether you're on the right track or this kind of thing. So you can know a little bit about what to expect, right? And what to look for. And then I'm also going to talk about give you, I guess, what you could think of as a little bit of a call to action about what you can start doing, you can make a choice about today and do in order to help you start feeling your emotions better so that you can then process 
those emotions, right? So just like awareness, we can't uh, change anything we aren't aware about, aware of. And with emotions, obviously, if we aren't aware that they're there, we can't really do anything about it. (laughs) And this is the case for so many of us. Sometimes, yes, you feel an emotion and you know it and you're like, oh my gosh, don't want that. Let's stop. Let's get rid of it. Let's distract. Let's do anything. Let's go out. Let's have a good time. Let's watch TV, all the things. Let's just not feel this feeling. And there are those that happen. And other times feeling will come up and you like, even if you don't want to feel it, you just can't prevent right? So you're just feel stuck in the feeling itself. I'm going to talk about that a little bit too. But one of the things that happens is that so many of us have feelings, but we're so adept at repressing and pushing them as far away as possible (laughs) in the recesses of our mind or in the corners where we cannot even recognize that they're there. Now, I know that I have certainly experienced that where I have felt in myself like, I don't know what I feel. I have no idea. I have no idea what I feel. And yes, sometimes that happens too, right? So please take everything that I say with like, you know, and put it to your own experience, right? Everything that I say does not apply to every experience that you have, but you'll know if this is familiar to you, you'll know if, Sometimes you often feel like or you've had the experience before of being in some kind of situation and that is potentially emotional and you have, you're like blank, right? You're like nothing. (laughs) That's a kind of situation in which you might consider that you are repressing emotions and that you're so good at it that they're just they're just so buried that you can't identify or even get to the place where you can feel them. Okay, so that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about how you can allow some space in your life and in your body for those emotions to come up. Now, at first you might be like, okay, that sounds scary. No, I don't want to, right? You might, some of you might be like, great, let's do it. And some of you might be like, "Mm." (laughs) and if that's you, let me, let me just share a couple of things first that is really, that's really important to know. Number one, if you are in a place and look, even if you're like, let's go, I'm ready. There will always come a time when an emotion comes up that you don't like, right? So we'll all, all of us will be in this position where we're feeling something that we find unpleasant and uncomfortable always. So, and if you've listened to my podcast, you will have heard me say before that it is very, very important to acknowledge that the emotions that you have are associated with thoughts that you are having. Um, I can't say this like a hundred percent of the time, but in all my experience (laughs) and in many, um, much of the research that has been done about emotions, the emotions arise for us 
in a context, right? In the context of our lives, in our, in, or sort of via our interpretation of life, right? Our perspective. And so emotions aren't, uh, they are placed inside of that context. And that context gives rise to an emotion, right? So there's an, there's an, a, a link to your thinking. So if ever an emotion feels overwhelming or scary or like you can't get beyond it, often that is because you are continuing to believe or buy into the thoughts relating to that emotion. So that might be a fear of rejection or let's say you just feel rejected. You feel rejected, right? So you might be having a whole and a whole array of thoughts uh, related to that. Like, for example, they don't love me. I'm not beautiful, smart enough, clever enough for them, whatever it is. Um, if they leave me, it would be terrible and things like that, right? You're believing all of those associated thoughts with that feeling of being rejected. If you didn't have any of those thoughts, you may very well be feeling something entirely different in the same circumstance, right? In the same situation, different feeling. Different thoughts, different feeling. So it's so important to know that there, that there are these different components to your experience because knowing that you have thoughts, you have feelings, allows you that distance so that you can witness the emotion occurring. Otherwise, the, the, the emotion itself might feel overwhelming without that distance. And it can be very hard to process that emotion because there will be a part of you, a percentage of you that wants to resist it. If you believe, if you are buying into the thoughts that feed that emotion, you might feel resistance to feeling that emotion because it appears real to you you will believe that you aren't good enough or pretty enough or smart enough on some level, right? And who wants to fully acknowledge that, right? There was, there's often a resistance happening even as you're trying to feel a feeling. And often that is a sign that uh, you're still buying into some thoughts around it. So, just know that those are different pieces. I can't really, this is like a whole podcast in and of itself. I'm kind of going, I'm digressing a little bit and I don't want to get too far, go too far down that route because I talk about it in some of the other episodes. So if you want to find out more about that, go through some of the older episodes and there's more there for you there. And basically what I want you to take out of that is that there are these different components and that the more you can see that, the more that will give you some distance, the more safe it you will feel to allow those emotions to come up and to be processed, right? You won't feel so inside them. You'll have a little bit of distance. And so that's important. Even if you're just like taking this 
by faith. Like just if you tell yourself this emotion is not reality, this emotion is not true in the sense that it is my experience in this moment in time and nothing more, right? If you can just give yourself that from the beginning, it will be much easier for you to go through this process and be open to whatever may come for you. Okay. So that being said, one of the things that's so interesting about the way that we suppress our emotions is that we do so by creating a distraction or another matching degree of energy, right? So for example, let's say we feel rejected to go with that. And that's a pretty heavy, scary feeling. Like if that's ringing true for a certain part of our psyche and we're like really in that feeling, instead of allowing ourselves to feel that feeling, which can really tap into some survival mode scarcity and fear, we might choose anger and come in angry at that person or those circumstances and get defensive and, you know, bare our teeth. And that anger is a more powerful emotion initially, right? And it's a, it's an, it, it raises our energy with anger to then suppress the energy of the fear of, or of the rejection, right? So let me take one step back to say that all emotion on some microscopic level is energy, right? It's physiology, it's chemical reactions that create uh, energy in with chemical exchanges, right? This happens and energy gets produced in the system. Yeah, the system being you, <laughs> in your body, right? So sometimes what we do is we bring up something else to, um, to push something else down that is more uncomfortable. We bring something up that we think we can handle, that feels more comfortable, that feels more um, powerful, even if that power is superficial and that um, is how one way that we repress. Another way that we repress our emotions is through distraction. And so we get an energy source by involving ourselves in other activities. So the distraction serves not only to distract you from the feeling, but it also often will serve, the kinds of distractions that we choose will serve to, again, uh, raise our energy internally or get, borrow some energy from outside to suppress that emotion. Like I often like to think of it as trading one sensation for another. So I don't want to feel that sensation. So I'm going to pick a louder, more definitive sensation to put inside my brain to make that be what my brain pays attention to. For example, ice cream. (laughs) Cold, sweet. It's like, wow, that really distracts my brain. (laughs) Or alcohol is another one, or um, um, a computer screen, 
right? That stimulation coming from the outside into you is very distracting. Um, Busying yourself with an activity, again, very distracting for the brain. Like, whoop, I got to get this done right now, right? I'm going to vacuum my house every single day of the week. Um, even though there's no, no pets, not that many visitors, I'm still going to vacuum, <laughs> right? So we, we put our mind to other busy activities. And I'm going to refrain a little bit from calling this an addiction, but there are some definitely addictive qualities to it. I'm just not going to go down that route today by using that word for a couple of different reasons. But definitely, I mean, I think that that's more of a separate episode where we could talk about the role of addiction in this point or in this moment uh, in our emotional lives, right? But I want you to think of it more today as a habit, yeah? A habit of distraction. And you will have your own set of tools that you've developed to distract you from feeling the things that you don't want to feel. And you might know what they are right now. You might know some of them and not others. And also you might be like, gosh, I have no clue. I thought I was just living my life, (laughs) which may be true. Like I said, everything that I say, it does not apply to every person on the planet. So, okay. So what to do to help you feel your emotions. Now, I listened to an episode of a podcast the other day and it was great and it was like something about the same topic and that is like take a pause, to breathe, to feel, to go inward. And all of that is great, but I'm going to give you a step before that, which is something that I think is really important. And this is it. To stop doing one Just one habit that you currently use to distract yourself from feeling your emotions. I'm going to tell you about a couple of mine, one in particular, and how it has impacted me to stop doing this habit. So you may know a few months ago, I decided that I was going to go alcohol free. And I'm going to tell you how to do this, by the way, in a way that will work and not in a way that feels like, you know, a punishment, right? Because this is all really important. So one of the ways that you will know that you are ready for this is that you will be so bored of the way things are. And it's kind of like the British version of bored. (laughs) Like you're sick and you're tired. You're just like done with a capital D-O-N-E, you're done. But you don't necessarily know how to move forward. The pain of where you are now is greater than the pain of having to change. The pain of where you are now has become greater than the pain of having to change or making a change, right? You are eager to take the action. You are ready, okay? Okay. You might still have some trepidation, some concerns, some fear, some anxiety around taking the action. It doesn't mean that you're going to leap forward into it with your arms spread wide and singing a choral high note C. (laughs) 
Yeah, you might be like, all right, I'm ready for this. And yes, a part of me still is going to kick and scream, but I another part of me is ready to take charge, right? So for me, I sat down one night and I was like, I am ready. How, what am I going to do? How, what am I going to do to catalyze a change? And if I felt instinctively that I needed to change something in my daily habit. And now this is what you'll do. Ask yourself, when you're ready, what shall I do to catalyze, to begin this change? And immediately my brain was like, you should stop drinking alcohol. You've been wanting to do that for a while. You've been watching. You've been thinking about it. And now, mind you, I only drink on the weekends. And one, two beers. Maybe I'd have an occasional drink during the weekday. Maybe two glasses of wine if I was with, you know, company. But really, it's not like I was a heavy drinker. I just could see that it presented, that it had become something in my life that was... um, you know, keeping me from feeling something. (laughs) And it was a choice that emerged out of my subconscious. And I was like, hmm, or, and I tried to think of something else. So this is might happen for you. Your mind might try to, you know, squirm out of it and come up with other reasons why you shouldn't do the thing (laughs) that it first came up with. And that might be another sign that that's exactly what you need to do. And then you find a way to commit to it that doesn't create the sense of scarcity. So you want to turn it around because often what we do is we take something out. When we want to change a habit, we stop it. And then it feels like we have to go to a war with ourselves. Like, And then we have to get you know, pull out our will and get super duper, you know, armored to be like chocolate. You will not defeat me (laughs) or whatever it is. And what I invite you to do is to really spend some time with it to think about how this is serving you, how this is something that you want, what you're going to get out of it, what you're going to gain and even frame it with words in a way that reflects your awareness of that. So what I created was a habit tracker. Actually, I went onto Canva and typed in habit tracker. You can find them online. It's they're pretty they're all over the place. And I posted it on my wall with the habit being alcohol free. Right? So I didn't my first impulse was no alcohol. And it took me a while. I was like, meh, I don't like that. I don't, because I don't like being told no. My, my personality is like not interested. <laughs> if somebody says no, something inside me says, I don't think so. So, so I had to turn that around and I invite you to play with the way that you name it so that it highlights that it's a gain, right? For you in some way. And so for me, for this particular habit, it was alcohol free. I'm free of it. I'm free of the burden of should I or shouldn't I. I'm free of the anxiety around it. I'm free to be without it, right? All the things. 
So find a way to frame it that moves you in that direction and take a little bit of time with it, you know? So I spent some time creating my habit tracker and fill it out every day that you succeed. You may not succeed, like that's fine. What I recommend is that you choose something that's simple. So for me, like alcohol, it's really obvious. There's no gray area there, right? You either drink it or you don't. Um, If I were to choose something like no social media, which I actually did choose for April, well, for one, that that's impossible because I actually use social media (laughs) to speak to y'all. But also, it's not something that I want to have completely out of my life, but just maybe the way that you participate in it. So for example, you want to be really clear about the parameters around that. So maybe no scrolling ever on my phone, like only intentional use and then define whatever that means or between the hours of whatever it is for you or no more than five minutes, whatever it is for you. And then what you will find is that whenever you make that commitment, whatever arises for you, when you think, what should I, what is it? What is it for you that you are going to stop? What habit feels right for you to remove? What you'll find is that in that moment that you want the thing, you will want it, right? Your brain will be like, come on, this is the thing that we do. Let's get going and have that ice cream, chocolate, beer, sit down on the corner of the sofa with the cell phone and scroll, whatever it is. And when you don't do it because you've made that commitment to yourself, that's when you will feel emotions. And you will feel emotions that you're not used to feeling. And you will go through phases. So if you do this, I invite you to do it for one month, right? So you have a specific time. Some of you, you could go eight weeks. Like I'm just going to say minimum of one month. So you choose and you can recommit to it again at the end of the month. Now for me, the experience that I had feeling my feelings and the realizations that came out of facing myself in the moment when I really just wanted a beer <laughs> were huge gain such that I didn't want to go back to drinking. And I may, by the way, go back to drinking. This isn't like set in stone for the rest of my life. I just don't feel like this journey is done for me. But... Um, I realized so many things that I had no idea were going to come up for me. I had no clue when I made this decision how fruitful it was going to be. I just knew that I needed to make a change. And it didn't change my whole life, but it's a catalyst, right? It's like a beginning phase. So you think about it. What is a habit for you that you currently do, some action that you take that satisfies some kind of itch or keeps you distracted just think about it and then when you know you come to that decision might be now or might be just let it simmer for the next couple of days and you'll know 
just ask your brain and your brain will tell you if you give yourself some space and time. Your brain will be like, this is it. And you'll be like, dang it, fine. (laughs) Yeah, you're not going to be like, yahoo, riding cowboy. (laughs) You may after a while, but many times throughout this period of time that you've chosen for yourself, you're going to really meet it. You're going to meet yourself in ways that are tricky. And these are the most wonderful life-giving moments that you can have. These kinds of moments where you stay put when things come up and you stay connected. Now, one last thing to be really clear for all y'all, because I know that there are a lot of you listening to this podcast who will jump at this opportunity because you have this relationship to refraining from things, to restricting yourself as a way to control your environment and your feelings, and even to punish yourself a little bit. This is something that can happen. I'm going to do this because I'm going to just feel this kind of pain. Or I'm going to do this because it allows me to control something about my life because in other areas of myself, I don't feel that I have control, right? So be on to yourself. If this is something that's coming up for you, And you're kind of getting a feeling like, okay, I don't know. I restrict myself so much as it is. I don't know what to restrict. Think about it more as like, again, what is the habit that you are choosing to take part in, that you are allowing to run without your permission? So sometimes this might be for some of you allowing yourself to do something that you normally don't let yourself do. So for allowing yourself to not vacuum, (laughs) just vacuum one day a week or allowing yourself an extra long break. Maybe that's like an extra 20 minutes of break time rather than five minutes and 29 seconds, right? Allowing yourself to, what, partake in some, in life in some way that feels hard. That you're like, I don't want to do that slash want to do that, right? So you'll know what is right for you. Again, let yourself, give yourself plenty of time to arrive at the decision, right? And allow your mind to arrive at a decision. Don't stress yourself out if you can't decide what the one thing is. If you're not sure if there are a number of different things, just try one. Just try one that is the easiest thing to do because you don't need to make it super hard. It's going to be hard already. Just the easiest one to do. For me, alcohol was super easy. It's something I'd been wanting to do for a long time. Like I said, there was no gray area at all whatsoever. And I only drank on weekends anyway. So it was really not that big of a deal. Um, It was enough that it was hard. (laughs) And I did try to squirm away from it. And so I knew it was a good place to start. 
So allow yourself all kinds of grace as you go into this process because it is super challenging and through that challenge, super empowering. And guess what? There's more to talk about. So I'm going to do a part two about this very topic and I'll come out next week, right? Hopefully when you're in the middle or the beginning of your fun month challenge and give you a little bit of extra support to continue on through a little bit of seed in some information and some clarity as you're going through your process. It's going to be fun, actually, way more than you think it is. Okay, so tune in next week for part two of this topic and we'll have a great time. Let me know, by the way, if you're in the Facebook group or just send me a Facebook message or whatever, let me know when you decide what it is that you are going to um, stop doing whatever habit you're going to move away from or break out of for the next month. Let me know what it is. I'd love to hear and I will share back with you and we can all have this experience together. Be so much more awesome. Together is better. (laughs) All right. Wherever you are in whatever time zone, I hope you have a wonderful night, a wonderful day, and I will speak to you soon. Well, thank you for joining me today for another wonderful conversation about how to transform pain to power. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave me a review. Comments or stars, they all work. And if you haven't yet, please go to our website, sign on to my mailing list so you can get first in line for all of the offers and things that I share. Make sure that you do that now. Also on our website, you can access a free mind body pain self-assessment that will give you lots of insight into your personal situation. And if you haven't done that yet, you can download that now too. Just go to www.movetonourish.com. That's move, T-O, nourish.com. And I'll see you next week for part two.